Hey everybody, I just wanted to make a quick note. The audio quality had some technical issues with the show. I did the best I could to clean it up, but I just wanted to apologize in advance that the quality isn't quite as good as it usually is. Welcome to Pet Food Beta, Gamer Escapes podcast, bringing you the biscuit on all things Final Fantasy XI news, community, and more. My name is Vivi, and joining me today is... Filigree. All right, welcome to the show, Filigree. Thank you. Or, or Phil, as we call each other, on, or I guess we don't call, you don't call me that, I call you that on Ben. That's right. <laughs> Phil's I call uh, you a lot of other things on Ben. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> we were just talking about some of those things. Um... Phil is uh, is in my link show, and uh, yeah, I, we don't know where Joe is today, and we're actually... I don't even know who Joe is. So. I know, that makes it even weirder, but um, we're actually planning to have Phil anyway, but now it's just you and me, so I guess we're going to do all this. All right, so let's get into the news. A lot of news since the last episode. I think the last episode was two or three weeks ago. Is that right? Yeah, and... Since then, there's a lot of items, but let's start with kind of the most recent, which is the version update. Big oh, you know where they added all those missions that you have to do to get to the new area, which is a pain? <laughs> yeah, and the new area that doesn't have anything in it, except for a shop that sells some jungle nectar. But I digress. Um, so what was added was new Seekers of Adeline missions, uh, storyline progressing, kind of getting interesting. Uh, I'll try and keep it spoiler-free. Ish. For the spoiler you just gave away? Well, about the new area, yeah. That's not much of a spoiler, I guess. But just just know that if you're rushing to do all the missions to get to the new area, there's not a whole lot there uh, yet. But we'll see. The, there was actually three new areas added. In the notes, they only mentioned Leafalia, which is where the Leafkins kind of have a little town similar to Nashmau. Right now, it's a cutscene-only zone. I think it's called Kamir Mountain or something like that. But you'll actually notice if somebody's in a cutscene um, in the new missions, they won't appear in Kamir Drifts. They'll appear in this other zone. So I think that's what that is. And then... Um, oh, one second. <laughs> of course, now my dog decides to play with the toilet. She hasn't... And like... Three months. <laughs> We're right. recording BB Gets to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the third new zone that was added is Rizoa, which, uh, if you don't know what that is, that is the Orcish Empire, the frozen continent to the north. It is just part of a cutscene, but it's not like a lot of the Adeline cutscenes, which are paintings. This is actually a full 3D environment, and it only appears briefly. But it appears twice, so that's interesting. So if it's the Orcish constant, does that mean we get to leave uh, Obaku, or whatever it's called? If we get to go there, um, like I said, it's right now it's just kind of like a cutscene, and it's not like a, like a full environment that looks like you could walk around in it. It's kind of like when you take the boat rides, you know, the ferries, how you see like the outside, and but it's in like full 3D, but, like, the outside of, like, Ottergon areas and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It looked similar to that. So. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. 
Um, and then, kind of the big news, at least for me, is the Ergen weapons, aka mythic equivalent weapons, were added for Runefencer and Geomancer. And I have a note here pointing out that Joe is wrong. Maybe that's why he's not here today. Too ashamed to come on. Too ashamed. <laughs> Just a couple notes about the stats. In my opinion, the Runefencer one beats the Geomancer one, but I'll just kind of run through these real quick. Damage is kind of what you'd expect, 243, delay to, uh, 489, great sword skill plus all that, you know, kind of typical stat vomit. And then kind of the Runefencer specific stats are that you get enmity plus 18, lament, which is the Runefencer ability that absorbs magical damage of a particular element. That it also turns it into an area of effect ability too, so affect all your party members. Right. Yeah. So that that ability is is an ability Rune Fencer gets anyway, but just having the weapon turns it into the AOE. You get physical damage taken too, which in this update basically means it goes beyond the normal fifty percent cap on that. Uh, and then you get, of course, get a custom weapon skill. Intimidation, I guess. Yeah, that's what it looks like. But uh, you know, like let's talk more about the physical damage taken too. Sure. It actually brings it. I mean, like it's comparable to a Burt King. Uh, it's obviously not quite as good because the Rune Fencer obviously lacks the defense of the Paladin, but it closes the gap a lot when you get this weapon compared to a Burt King Paladin. Yeah, I mean, it, it it basically makes it so that if you've got one of these. And you have a situation where typically you would need like an oat chain paladin. A rune fencer seems like it would it would fill that uh, that need pretty well with this weapon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> brings them up to a level where they can actually uh, compete in in-game activities. Yeah, and, and another adjustment, just kind of a something that uh, just a, I was reminded of by looking at those stats. They made a little tweak to. The, um, the description on the job specific weapon that Runefencer can make, you know, the new ones that were added last update, um, that also takes the physical damage taken beyond the cap, but only by 5%, I think. Yeah. So, whatever that's worth. I guess 5% is what it's worth. Um, and then the aftermath of the weapon skill increases accuracy and attack, and occasionally attacks twice or thrice. Is that unique to Ergen? No, <clears throat> that's actually an aftermath that mythic weapons get as well. Okay, I guess I didn't realize that it gets all of that stuff. Yeah. Is, that, is that for every mythic weapon or just... That's for every melee mythic weapon they get the increased accuracy in attack and occasionally attacks twice or thrice. Gotcha. Okay, so that's kind of in line with those. Yeah. Um, and then the Geomancer one is kind of what you would expect, you know, similar stat vomit for things like magic accuracy, magic attack bonus, etc. The specific traits for Geomancer are that it gives 228 Geomancy skill, which I think I did some rough math. That would mean that like right now before job abilities, um, like Geo Refresh gives about 5 MP per tick. We'll have to correct you there because it's magic accuracy skill plus 220 and Geomancy skill is only plus 10. Oh really? Yeah. Okay, never mind what I was about to say. <laughs> that makes it a lot less appealing. 
it really does. I mean, I mean, the Lupin downstick minus twenty five percent is all right. I mean, you can I forget the actual percentage you can get it to. I think it's like eighty something, eighty three, maybe higher. But uh, I should just eliminate the Lupin taking damage anyway. I agree. I mean that using offensive Luopans is so pointless for any like challenging content. Like. I mean, you know, I, I play Geomancer when we do Divine Might, usually. Yeah. Actually, almost exclusively. <laughs> um, and I usually complain if I don't get put into a party either with the Red Mage or the Rangers, because what happened, like, with, the, with both of those situations, I can give good buffs to the party and not have to worry about, like, the Geo spell getting destroyed. But if I'm in kind of the outside party... There, I, I can only use one offensive, you know, Luopan, and use the one ability that prevents it from taking damage temporarily. Otherwise, those NMs will just destroy it in, like, one shot, so. Right, I mean, like, even with, like, 90% damage taken minus, I mean, it's still going to get destroyed. Yeah. So, kind of meh um, on Geo, unless they update it, which they might. In the future. Well, well they were talking about updating like when the level or excuse me, the item level increase happens, that they're gonna update all these weapons. So I mean it could get better later on. That's true. But right now it just seems kind of uh boring. Yeah, I guess unless like Geomancer is the only job that you play and you absolutely love it. Um and you want a really good melee weapon because it is good for that. I mean, I don't know how often Geomancers will uh be auto attacking, but yeah, unless Geo is like your thing, it's not really worth it. Uh, so, in my opinion. Not, not at this point in time, anyway. Yeah. So then a little bit about the requirements, and I just found out some news that I'm pretty upset about. Because <laughs> I started working on mine for Rune Fencer. The requirements are similar to the Mythic. So you need to be Legend rank for all coalitions, which is kind of like the equivalent for the Analog. To, right, to captain rank. Um, it doesn't mean that you have to do all of the different types of coalitions. You just have to uh, have done enough to rank up. And then you have to complete the respective AF quest line, which is pretty easy. Might need a you know one person or two people to help you now. And then I can't totally confirm this. I've just been reading on forums and stuff. Um, but it looks like you need 2.5 million in Plasm, which if you're doing Delve regularly, that's not going to be horrible. Um, that's like, you get, what, 300k from the new areas? You get, I believe it's somewhere around the ballpark of like 110, 120k from just completing like Marjami or any of those other two. Oh, right, right. I was thinking like if you do the run a few times, like... Like we usually do. Well, you guys usually do. I'm usually not home in time for all of them. It looks like you're going to need at least three Delve boss item drops, and I think those are probably crafting items to upgrade the weapons. Yeah, like the Stinger or the Gabbroth Horn or, you know. Yep. For some reason it says 25k Obsidian Fragments. I forgot where I read that, but I know I did read it somewhere. But that's not that hard to obtain either. Uh, no. And then here's... What is the new information that I found that I'm kind of upset about? It's like, so the first stage, you need 100 of the high purity bald. 
Second stage, you need 500 of the high purity bald. Third stage, you need something like 25K. <laughs> so people are kind of speculating that it will likely total 30K of the high purity bald, which is new in this update also. So I guess we'll talk about that for a second. Uh, you can ex you can get that in a number of ways. I guess that's one of the, th the things that's pretty different about the Mythic. Is Mythic, you were pretty limited to just doing Nizel and Salvage if you wanted to get Alexandrite. Um, yep. And of course you can buy them from people. Um, with this, you can exchange regular bald at 10k to 1 ratio um, from a new NPC. Or you can also get them from Reeves. And get them in those soul peers, uh, and then you also get like a guaranteed one for every wildskeeper read that you do, which is like not worth it. <laughs> no, but like they did describe it as a mythic equivalent weapon. Yep. And there is thirty thousand Alexandrite that you have to get. So I mean, if people are expecting that it to be an easy thing to get, they're completely mistaken. Now. Getting a mythic isn't exactly hard. It's just you have to be really dedicated to doing the activities every day. Now, at least with the ergon weapons, it seems like you can be a little more lax and it's not so, um, you know, time consuming because you, and for a mythic, you have to do iron, iron every day. You have to do salvage, get yourself Alexandra, unless you're floating around with like 300 million plus. Yeah. You have to do Nizel to get tokens. You know, you have to do the assaults all over again. So, I mean, for this, all you have to do is get Legendary Coalition rank, which is easy because you just figure out which is the easiest uh, task to do for that, whatever you have. Yep. And you just spam that until you get to the next rank, and then you do the easiest for that. Uh, you just, you can pretty much get high bailed and high quality or high purity bailed doing pretty much anything. anything yeah so that requirement is a lot less and plus like uh, like one of the easier ways to do it is just to spam a Yorsha wield skirmish like a one 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 tier and you get three people together and you just go find the noetic and choose the bailed option and leave and then rinse repeat it still take you like 12k for like 6k bailed then you can just do that all day long if you wanted to yeah, so I think, you know, the at least for the bailed requirement, I think the main difference between the Alexandrite and this is that the Alexandrite, you have the challenge of a lockout. Like, you can only, you can't spam salvage every day, and you can't spam Nizel every day. You right. can only go a fixed amount of times per day. Um, but you do get those pouches and stuff like that, so you might come out with, like, you know, 150 on a good run um, if you're doing it solo. Uh, and then, you know, but with this, there's no lockout, so you can literally do this all day long if you wanted to, to get these, and there's a lot of different ways to do it, but there's no, at least right now, there's no pouch type thing, so there's not, like, you can't get that 101 shot type type of deal. Are you sure? Because there is a pouch in the dats that you can actually win from the new Mogmanans. Oh, well, I am incorrect, then. <laughs> I don't know how you get that yet. But if yeah, that's the case, yeah. then yeah, then uh, then it looks like this is actually easier. Yep. Well, for this requirement, anyway. Yeah, for that requirement. But I mean, regardless, it it feels like a REM weapon. Um, I think 
you know, the general consensus is it's a little bit easier than a mythic, but it's still going to take a lot of work and and or gill. Probably both. More than likely both, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's that. Other new stuff that was added in this update, uh, besides the event stuff, which we'll talk about in a little bit, is new trust magic, Geshu and Mat, Matt, however you want to say it, were added. Uh, I've only gotten Mat. Have you done any of these, or do you, do you even care about these? No, like, trust, for me, isn't, like, all that fun. <laughs> I'd rather play with real people, but, I mean, like, I understand that most people don't really have like the option or <laughs> patience or time, you know, to actually play with real people. So the trust is great for them. I've heard that Gesho is actually pretty good. I haven't seen anybody talk about Matt. Yeah, uh, I haven't gotten Gesho. I did get Matt. Matt is just kind of like, like a lot of these are, just, it's just kind of a novelty thing. Um, he does use Mantra, which is kind of cool. And he'll use the weapon skill that he uses in campaign, which is kind of fun. But you know, it, the 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 melee ones I don't really think are all that useful. It's the support ones and the healers and the. Um, well, it really depends on what job you're playing as. Like, if you want to play as a support job, I mean, like, for like capacity points, the only way that you can get capacity points on certain jobs is to play on them. So maybe you want to go and get the capacity points for like support job or something. Then you can use like melee trust to like actually do it. That's true. Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. And also for people leveling up, which I really think is um, what these are designed to do, is since there's so much content in 11, and even though there's not a whole lot of new players, every once in a while somebody decides to check it out for the first time, because it is a Final Fantasy game. Um, and one of the things that turn people off from the game who are just starting out, besides you know it's kind of dated user interface, graphics, yada yada, um, is the fact that they can't find help to do basic things like level up. Mm -hmm. And so that's where trust is really helpful. And I guess I can't speak to that because all my jobs have been at 99 before this even came out. <laughs> yeah, same. So that's that. Uh, capacity point, new categories. I haven't even looked at these yet, have you? Yeah, some of them are actually really good. I mean, like, I haven't looked at all the jobs, but uh, like the Bard one for Minuet is really good. And the Samurai one for Hassau. Is also really good. What's it? What does it add to Hasso? For every point you put into it, it adds like when you actually use Hasso, you get an extra point of strength. That's cool. Yeah. So like, if you put ten points in it, which is a monumental effort at yeah. this point in time, then yeah, every time you use Hasso, you get an extra ten strength. That's pretty cool, especially since you get the trade off of it slowing down your job abilities and stuff. Yeah. Um. The other thing that was added in this update was new records of eminence, objectives, uh, capacity point, yeah, capacity point, reward, try that again. Capacity point reward, I can't speak today. Capacity point reward bonuses? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's, I blame my dog for this. It threw me off with the, the squeak toy fiasco. Uh, yeah, so now if you do... Some of these ROE uh, quests in the newer areas in Adelan, I, th I think it's exclusive to those. You will, uh, in addition to getting limit points and sparks, you will get uh, capacity points. So that's cool. 
it's like a hundred capacity points, so it's not like amazing, but you know, at least it's an alternate way to get them. Yeah, and if it's like the other objectives, the first time you do it, you probably get a decent chunk, so like maybe five hundred or something. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing that they added to Records of Eminence is a few new accessories that you can get, like some decent, you know, typical, you know, um, stat-affiliated rings, I think. You, there's like an Agility Plus one, which maybe also adds evasion or something like that. And, you it's, know, like, it's, it's like Agility and then Range Accuracy 14, which isn't like complete terrible, but like the two that really stick out, are the intelligence and mind one, the magic accuracy and the magic attack bonus. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of cool. I mean, I, again, I, I think that the, the records of eminent stuff, it's, it's geared towards, I think, less towards new players and more towards returning players. Because um, I was talking to a couple of people who are thinking about coming back, and they're like, man, I stopped playing at like 75 cap even, like a few, few of these people... Like, how hard would it be to get up to, like, endgame level? And I was like, well, I mean, to be good at endgame, it's going to take you a while. But to be able to just participate in stuff like skirmish, you know, uh, not all that long. You just level, and by doing the these records of eminence things, you'll get gear that people will make fun of you for. But it's, you know, I level 117. <laughs> Only elitists make fun of you for Sparks gear. But it is item level 117 gear, so it actually will catch you up to actually participating a lot faster. Yeah. And that's that was, I think that was the goal with it. So it, I dig it. It's, it's pretty fun. Um, so I think that's it for the update. There's a bunch of other news items. Uh, let's talk about one of the less exciting ones, which is the discontinuation of French and German in-game text. Uh, the note I have here says that service for these countries will continue. Localized support will continue. In-game text will be in English, though. We have to remember that these are two different languages that have their own set of like auto-translates. Now, that, if you think about it, it's a lot of auto-translate space dedicated to these two languages. Now, I'm pretty sure that they did some, some math on how many French and German players actually play and it might not be that great so they decided to in order to because i think they have like a finite finite amount of space dedicated to auto translate yeah so dropping this will make it so they can actually add some stuff that they should already be in there and i don't think it's it's not only limited to auto translate it's like npc dialogue and stuff like that so they're adding all of these new storyline missions and things like that and they're adding you know, menu items, it seems like almost every update, they have to localize that for all of these different languages. So I think it's it's that plus the auto-translate. Um, yeah. And just, I know from experience, I mean, I don't, I only know one German player, uh, and I know just a handful of French players. There actually seems to be a decent chunk of French players on our server. You, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but they all speak English. <laughs> Yes, they all do. And my one friend who happens to play in, in France plays an English version of the game anyway. So um, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I did the best I could to actually try and get a sense of like what the people in those countries were saying on the forums, just using like Google Translate. And the consensus that I got from France was that they didn't care. They said that the local translation... I'm, I'm paraphr paraphrasing and generalizing, but... Um, 
what I gathered was that the the general consensus from the French players was that the localized translation was very bad anyway. <laughs> uh, and so they won't miss it. But the German players, at least from what I could tell, by and large, seem to be very disappointed in Square Enix for dropping German support. For whatever it's like worth. The, the five people that play from Germany? Yeah, and you know, it, 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 that's always the case, right? It's like the, the smallest group is always the loudest. Yep. So, um, I think, uh, you know... It, it's, I mean, it does suck for those players to not have like their own language represented in the game. But they have to look at it in a more realistic sense. It's more effort for Square Enix. It's for not a whole lot of people. Yeah. It's, you know, so they'll be able to push out content and storylines faster because they're only doing, you know, they only have to translate for two languages now. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's a good move. Um, and, you know, as long as they, they keep localized support, I think it's fine. Those people will continue playing, and uh, it just means that they're, they're really focusing on, you know, their efforts. So that's good. Uh, moving on. The Repeat Login Campaign 11 just started on the 10th of last week. We'll continue through Monday, June 2nd. And there's a few new items in this one since it's the final one for the 11th anniversary, which is savory shanks, sweet tea, red pondweed. Um, and then I think these are new to this as well. I'm not sure though. Is Wings of the Goddess NM pop items like for the um, like the strong boxes that you would get or the letter boxes? Yeah, the BC fights. Right. Yeah, for the beastmen. Najalith, the Ottergon Ranger General Trust Cipher, is available. And some AF1 upgrade items, I guess, to make uh, reforging them easier or cheaper. Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily cheaper because there's still 2,000 points. I mean, you can do like a, a mire of different activities and yeah. get them easily. Mog Bonanza returns. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, man. But at least this time they gave us 80 more inventory spaces, um, which I can't believe I left off of the notes. Let's talk about that before Mog Bonanza. Mog Wardrobe. Oh, thank God for Mog Wardrobe. Honestly, they should have done this years ago. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it, it, so just to recap, we speculated a lot about how it would work, and I think we, we kind of got it correctly um, on the last episode. Mog wardrobe is an additional 80 slots. It's an, it's another bag that you can access anywhere, just like your sack or satchel or whatever. The difference is that you can only place equipable items in it. Yep. And you can also equip them directly, either using macros or using um, the interface, which now has an intermediary step, which I'm not a huge fan of, but I understand why it's necessary. So now when you go to equip an item, you select if you want to equip it from your inventory or the Mog Wardrobe. And I think myself and a lot of other people are finding this really useful for placing all of your gear that is not storable and cross-job equipable into mm -hmm. the wardrobe. Like physically damage, taking gear, movement speed that you don't necessarily need to have on your character to equip, and, you know... Other miscellaneous things like accessories and, you know, ranged weapons that you can just put inside the Mog wardrobe and you can have a completely or near completely empty main inventory to collect new items. In. Yeah. And surprisingly, you don't even need to put consumables in 
your inventory. Well, at least all of them. I, I'm not sure. Do you know if you're able to put trump cards and stuff like that in the wardrobe? Probably not. No, it's just it's just only equipment that you can put in there. You can't use you, no cards, no ninja tools, no anything like that. It's just equipment. It, but uh, that also includes ammo, though. Yes. Um, and weapons. Right, and weapons. So, yeah, it's awesome. I love it because changing jobs no longer is such a a chore, you know? No, it's still a chore. Well, it's not as much of a chore. <laughs> At least depending on the job that you're changing. What I've what I found myself using it for, um, the way that I, I kind of use it now is uh, I'll just move my storage slips into my inventory and leave them there since I have all the extra space for them. And then anything that is storable, I'll just leave in the inventory so that I can easily get rid of it when I change jobs again. Um, so that's that. I do that, too. I put all my slips into my main inventory and the like stuff I can get off the slips, I put in there as well. So if I actually need to change jobs, I just put those put those items back onto the slip and take the items I need off. Yep. So that's very cool. So uh, going back to what made us think of that is Mog Bonanza. So this time they, they gave us 80 more storage spaces, at least. To f- then fill up with 16 or however many. Is it 10? I thought it was just 10. Yeah, we can fill it up with 10 more, you know, Mog Bonanza balls because you're not going to win anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> at least there's those rank six prizes. <laughs> Thank God, you know, because otherwise you just get nothing. I kind of, I, I kind of love that they added that though. It's kind of like now I can throw these at, at monsters. Um, throw them on the ground. <laughs> throw them on the ground. That would be better if that's what you could do with them. So they added a few new things this year. Uh, they added Ergen weapons. The it's unclear at this time what level or stage that you'll get uh, if you do win a rank one. But I would assume that it's not the fully complete level 99 ver. Well, I guess all of them, all stages are level 99, but like the one with the weapon skill is like the fifth stage. I assume it'll be like whatever they feel is the level 90 equivalent of it. Yeah. Um, they added the new Delve boss drops, skirmish wings, and then... Some, you know, things like Arise and Meteor and kind of the general trend, correct me if I'm wrong, but it always seems like whatever the hot, you know, like current armor set is, like when Delve was popular, you could get the Delve, you know, uh, equipment from Mog Bonanza. It's always like the newest thing that they like to put on there. Yeah. So I think right now there's the mostly Delve stuff. I don't think there's any skirmish drops other than the skirmish wings. I think it's just wings that you get. You might get a whole set of wings, you know? That would be awesome. You're also forgetting the best thing that you can get. Red eyes? No, it's the rank one prize. It's a picture of uh, Odin versus uh, Alexander. It's a painting. It's great. Is that really a rank one? That is really the rank one prize. It's like you get a picture of Odin fighting Alexander. (laughs) Is you know you could have a mythic or this picture. I I need to look at this right now. I'm pulling it up because I mean I believe you, but I'm not kidding. It's called Judgment Day or something like that. Judge, you're right. Rank one. What the hell? Like, 
Do they actually send you like a real painting in real life? <laughs> no, it's just a painting you put in your mock house. So I was like, hey guys, look how you know, look how much of an idiot I am. I picked a picture instead of getting a mythic weapon. I wonder what the mog enhancement on that is. Oh, it's got to be good. It has to be good because like, otherwise, it's just like, are you serious? Like ten times the amount of or the rate of capacity point gain or something. A hundred times the amount of capacity. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually very curious what what the MOG enhancement is on that. Well, somebody has to get it. Like they just have to. Yeah. Forget uh, forget the mythic. Forget the relic. Just go straight for the painting. Do you remember? I think it was last year or the year before. Somebody got the Empyrean bow <laughs> from a rank one. Yeah, well, there was a Japanese player who chose an Empyrean level <laughs> Which, by the way, do not ever choose a level 90 Imperial weapon. No. Because a level 90 Imperial weapon is right before the, the part where it actually gets hard to upgrade. It's like, like getting it to 90 is easy. <laughs> getting it past 90 is the hard part. It's like, um, I was just talking about this the other day at work. Like On a game show, you know, people get really excited when they win something like a yacht or like a really expensive car. But in reality, if they don't have a lot of money, that's not a very good prize because they have to pay all that tax on it. Right. <laughs> it's exactly the same thing. It's like, great, you've got a shiny weapon, but guess what? It's not use- useful yet. It's going to cost <laughs> you a lot of money or time or whatever. Yeah. So don't ever get a level 90 Imperium yep. as your reward if you win. Yep. Uh, that's it for Mogwananza. So, 12th anniversary campaign. There's a new event this year, which is Beauty and the Bestiary. <laughs> uh, have you done this at all? I have tried it, yeah, but uh, I was unsuccessful in getting 3,000 points. Did you, so, you got the first, um, I guess, the first reward, but you didn't get the extreme re- reward or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Well, you have to kind of explain this is that there's three new NPCs in all major towns that you go talk to that will give you. um, There's a goblin and there's a Moogle. So you talk to the goblin, you get a goblin suit. You talk to the Moogle and you get a Moogle suit. And then there's a little event that happens outside. And those respective NPCs teleport you to where you need to be. So you could put on a Moogle suit or a Goblin suit and you go fight against Moogles and Goblins to like determine who's the, I don't know, like who's better or whatever, the, who's who, the better mascot. Yeah, who's the, the mascot for the Juno Institute of Magic or something like that. Yeah, something ridiculous. So, and then through that, you can get a Goblin Trust Cipher, a Moogle Trust Cipher, and if you actually get 3,000 points in an evaluation, which is um, basically a fight, then you can get Alda. Yeah. It's one of the more fun, I think, events that they've done in a while that's new. Uh, and I actually, yesterday I was doing update at work on my computer and like couldn't do anything so i i hardly ever do this but i read all of the lore associated with this event you know how they make those posts on the the play online website yeah that are like a mile long (laughs) no way i'm reading that (laughs) this is like the first one i've ever read in its entirety i usually skim them because you know I, i like i'm a nerd and i like the you know all of the lore that's involved in the game but um it was kind of funny. I'll, I'll just kind of summarize it. So the what led to the fight between the Moogles and 
the goblins is they actually had a a tournament like a nba playoff bracket type system and the moogles and the goblins beat out mandragoras leafkins who can't talk anyway uh kierkerns kierkerns how do you say that kierkerns kierkerns i there's no way i'm gonna pronounce that right (laughs) well just i think that i think that's right kierkerns uh, they beat the Keekerns, and then they also beat the Krabobbles from the Mog Garden and Cactars. So there you go. That's why the, the, the Moogles and the Goblins are fighting. Wasn't this all based off of a survey that they had a, a while ago? Like, who was, you know, who should represent Final Fantasy XI or something like that? I don't remember that survey. I remember uh, the Who's Your Favorite NPC survey, which led to the Trust Magic, and also, I think, the crossover event for our 14. Yeah, I don't I don't quite remember. It seems like they did something like that, which led to this. Could be. So, yeah, check it out. It's, it's a pretty fun event. I like it. It is one of the more fun events that you can do to figure out how to actually reach 3,000 uh, evaluation points to get Aldo. You have to try a lot of interesting combinations. Now, the best one I heard was you take a red mage sub black mage. That way you get stone and dia. And you get a level one dagger off the NPC. And you just go melee and alternate between curing the NPC and casting stone. Yeah. Until you get to like the fourth evaluation when you need to chain spell and just start straight nuking. That sounds about right. I tried it on blue mage sub white mage. Um, because at level 5, Blue Mage does get one AoE spell. Not very powerful, though. So I was able to at least hit two Moogles at once and cure the Goblin with you know the cure spell, since Pollen doesn't work on anyone but yourself. Um, yeah. And that worked okay, but yeah, I think probably Red Mage sub Black Mage worked the best. So check that out. And then along with the usual anniversary events, you get your experience ring, you get to talk to a Moogle and get your statistics read to you and new this year, you also get a capacity points ring, which is awesome. Which you get from the same Moogle, you get the EXP ring, so you actually obtain both rings from the same NPC. Yep. So, I think that is it for the news. There's a lot of news. Um, that takes us into Dev Tracker Gems. So this is going back a few weeks, uh, and just a few interesting notes from the Dev Tracker. They are looking; they're continuing to look into adjusting warp options. Um, they suggested and/or hinted that you may, in the future, be able to get like a stack of warp scrolls instead of just the one instant warp scroll. They, for whatever reason, want to make Black Mage relevant by having that spell be exclusive to Black Mage. I don't understand why. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand that either. Like, it's just warp. You're just going back to your home <laughs> point. That shouldn't be like a Black Mage defining spell, you know? Yeah, I agree. I mean, like, uh, it, I hate to always compare the game to 14, but I will anyway. Um, in 14, you can anybody can warp. Um, and, you know, I understand that 11 is a little stricter with you know, their lore, which I appreciate, but come on. <laughs> you know, when the game was designed with the warp spell, 
it didn't have you know a tenth of the areas it does now. So it's true. Uh, they could do it like that. They could also just like make it so you teleport to the nearest like home point crystal instead of like directly warping. Yeah, that would work for me. Or maybe make that an exclusive Black Mage spell if they're so concerned about that and give everybody warp one. I don't really understand. <laughs> I don't really understand like why Black Mages or player Black Mages would feel like warp is their defining spell. Like maybe, you know, warp two, but warp one? Yeah. I guess if you do, ha- I guess if everybody does have warp, you don't actually need warp two though. Right. <laughs> Maybe that's what warp two should be changed to, and just give yeah. everyone warp. Yeah. Anyway, they also commented on the lack of usefulness of lower tier blue magic spells. A lot of blue mage uh, players have been posting on forums complaining that uh, the only stuff that's useful is a lot of the higher tier stuff. Um, and kind of what they said was that there will be more uh, blue mage spells coming soon and along the lines of party and self or single target buffs which is good news um it looks like blue mage might be a little bit more of a viable support type job didn't they like improve the like magic accuracy and attack of certain or maybe all blue mage spells in this last update or was that a couple of updates ago? It was a couple of. It was a few updates ago. But the way that, that works is physical uh, blue mage spells accuracy and attack is affected by your main hand weapon. So if you're like just for example, if you're doing mostly physical spells and you have like a bura equipped, which is the you know the sword that you get from Tojil, um, that's gonna help tremendously. It's gonna be the difference between doing like 500 damage and like 1500 damage. Um, but similarly, if you're doing a lot of magical spells, it's also affected by the magic accuracy and magic attack or magic damage on your main hand. So if you're doing more elemental blue magic stuff, you'll want to have something that has you know, either a club or the Archangel Sword that gives you magic damage and mag- magic accuracy. So they changed that a few updates ago, but what they said about this moving forward, they're going to add... Uh, new spells that will be more useful, I guess, or powerful, or probably both. And probably from new areas. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that their rationale for not maintaining the usefulness of the old spells is that, as a blue mage, one of the fun things about it is that you can learn spells as you level up. So you go to appropriate-ish levels for. Um, the current level you're at and chances for you to to learn a spell from that area kind of increase and so that's why they said you know that's unless you're looking for a particular job trade or something then uh, there's not much of a reason to use the lower tier ones that also reminds me in this past update they made a a small but awesome adjustment to blue mage spells uh, in the interface so when you're setting them you can see what job trait you'll get from them which is great (laughs) And also something you left out of last of this last patch was they improved Corsair roles too. So it's not just Blue Mage that, that's coming up, but they also improved you know the Corsair roles too. Which they were the magic ones, right? Yeah, like the magic attack bonus, the magic defense, you know, stuff like that. They up 
updated them so they're more relevant because before it was like 18 magic attack bonus like if you got an 11 which is horribly low nowadays it is yeah yeah you know for current content it's really low um yeah so that's that's awesome they added uh or they will be adding armies pay on five to other battlefields i guess right now the only place that drops it is an empty nm (laughs) Oh, yeah, getting that thing is I think it took me a year to actually see someone post it on the auction house. I had to buy it for like two million, but I was getting that spell. But <laughs> yeah, you can only get it from uh you know from an ENM, an empty notorious monster fight, which <laughs> nowadays is well you can only do it like once every conquest update or something like that. Yeah, I don't so know. So you can do it only and, once and, a week and there's only one battle for you can get it out of, so yeah. I don't it's think very I've been- rare ever seen a shout for that not because I, I believe that they're capped at 75 so you actually get reduced to level 75 doing this yeah well that's good that they're adding that to more <laughs> more battlefields um they are also removing the moon phase requirement from ranger af1 which i think is good you know with the current quo status quo of content um yeah, i think in general people don't have quite as much patience as they did well, it's just ridiculous because you have to you have to wait to full full moon to even progress in the quest line, which could be days, like Earth days. Yeah, like real days, not yeah. ideal days. Um, so that's that's good. I like this general trend. You know, just going back and making significant tweaks to you know, things. They are also going to be in the future altering the Rem's Tales so that other battlefields will drop specific pages instead of Archangels being the only predictable so- source. So what that means is currently if you do any of the new higher tier BCNMs, it's random which chapter you'll get. Uh, except for if you go fight one of the Archangels instead of D- Divine Might. So that's good news. It'll probably get people to go to other places, reduce the congestion, which is still a little bit of a problem here. Um, well, yeah, if you're going for specific pages, like if you want body pages, you'd go to Elven. You know, you'd go do the Archangel Elven. Right. You wouldn't be like, oh, like let's go do Orayu for right. <laughs> certain pages. You know, it gives more people options, which it, they should have done anyway. Yeah, I agree. So that's that's good. Uh, and then they just posted this yesterday, I think, that Adventuring Fellows will be traveling to Adelin in the next update, which is Dune update, which, I mean, I, I can't remember the last time I even saw somebody use an Adventuring Fellow. Now, this is big news to me, because I use this <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I mean, if they give it some sort of boost, I guess, that like, significant boost, I guess that's cool-ish, since you can party with them currently, you know? Well, I think like the biggest draw for them now is that they can actually equip item level equipment. So that makes them a little stronger than trust NPCs. Yeah, but I don't know about their AI. Last time I used this, well, was around two thousand five. <laughs> so and their AI was really uh, not that great. So hopefully, and like I assume that they improved it since then. But you know, yeah, uh, that is what it is. Yeah. Um. And then they posted this recently as well. Atmos is finally coming in July uh, for summoners. And finally. will be a one-hour 
astral flow um, ability like Alexander or Odin. They didn't say which ability it will be. This is interesting. What does Atmos even have? Atmos, ha- I think the the one EP move that it uses that's like devastating. Well, I guess it's not devastating anymore, but that was devastating. Is that it had a move that will rain absorb all of your stats. So it's it's like if a Dark Knight used all of their absorb spells at the same time, it did that, and it also stole all of your buffs. So I could see them adding that if it granted it to the whole party. Uh, that might be kind of cool, but not as a replacement for Alex necessarily. Well, I don't know. I use KC sometimes when there's a catastrophic uh, failure in like skirmish, and I'd bust out KC and use this two R. That's true, but the Kate Sith one is a regular avatar, so it doesn't use up your astral flow, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, it'd have to be really, really good because nobody uses Odin anymore. No, because it never actually does anything worthwhile. Yeah. So we'll see. It's cool that they're doing that. I'm mostly just looking forward to whatever quest is involved with that. I enjoyed the Kate Seth one for what it was. Um, that's it for Dev Tracker. That brings us to in game. <laughs> Oh, lots of stuff. You know, every day is a new adventure. I you know, like, I'm never just standing around in town, except for right now. But, I mean, like, there's always stuff that you can find to do. There's, like, never any reason to just stand around. If you're bored, I mean, like, sometimes there's shouts to do. Void Watch is worth doing again, so if you see shouts for that, you should do that. Even if you haven't progressed up until that point, just doing it. Or, I mean, like, you can get, like, heavy metal plates and whatever. Like, they're shouting for Kagan, you can get a cuticle, which is like, and there you go. So, I mean, it's really just worth doing, like, that stuff. You know, you got Skirmish and stuff, and, like, well, today we got an event, which is Dynamus. I mean, like, just, there's always something to do in-game. And, and you pretty much do all of the stuff that you just mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Um, I don't think there's anything in the game I haven't done yet. Yeah. I've been, uh... Oh, well, I just started working on the, the rune Ergen weapon. Um, so I've been doing, you know, like all of the coalition stuff. And doing um, whatever, anything, if it's Seekers of Adolin related, I'll do it right now. <laughs> uh, which is kind of fun, because it gives me more of a reason to do stuff that I stop doing, like Reeves and things like that. Like instead of just avoiding Reeves, you're actually going to try to defeat them though. Yeah, because like pretty much as long as I'm outside of Western or Eastern Avalon, there's potential I could be progressing on my weapon. So that's kind of a exciting feeling to have again, you know. Um, I, I do enjoy it a lot better than the Empyreans that I made, which was like, fight this NM 75 times, <laughs> and then fight this other thing. Camp this, you know. Um, well, at least, well, that's like the best part of those weapons is that you can upgrade them just playing the game. Yeah, like, you don't have to go like out of your way to do salvage every day or iron iron every day. You know, you can just do what you're doing normally and progress on your weapon. Yep. So I I dig that aspect of it, and I genuinely really like most of the Adeline content. So now that there's even more of a reason to do it. Um, 
has me doing, you know, actually out there in places besides Lower Juno, which is where I spend most of my days. <laughs> First of all day. <laughs> Uh, if you're not on our server, my character, when I usually AFK, uh, that I sit at the Lower Juno auction house, like, all day. So, that's what we're talking about. So that brings us to emails. We actually have two this week. Anonymous writes, Vivi and Moroku, I just want to thank you guys for bringing back the show. I had heard of the show previously, but never really listened to it. I have really enjoyed the show so far, and I've listened... Even listen to every episode twice. Keep up the good work. Yes, any chance that there will be a section of the show that discusses strategy for game content? I am pretty new to everything that they added after Wings of the Goddess. Um, thanks for the email. Uh, let us know who you are next time so we can read your character name on the show. And yeah, um, I, that's actually something I would like to do in the future. There's a couple ideas for the show that we have been talking about adding which includes like kind of a lower section when there's a slower news week or whatever. But yeah, if you want to let us know you've got questions about anything, we'd be happy to discuss strategy. Well, one of the main strategies right now is that they use a ranger party, which is basically rangers using decoy shot on a paladin. So the paladin will keep, uh, you know, keep the mob attacking him while the rangers do damage behind the paladin and they don't take damage at all it's basically just like free damage against the whatever they're fighting so that's like one of the main strategies right now yeah actually i'm glad that you mentioned that and you a lot of people will use that for things like divine might and the new delve zones right yeah um, yeah, that's, that's it, it places good. people out of range of taking damage, so it makes it a lot easier for your support to just like, as opposed to keeping the entire party alive, to keeping one person alive while the mob still takes damage. Yeah, and I guess if you're returning to the game, like it sounds like you are, then that might sound a little weird because what would what would have jumped out at me a year ago would be like, how the heck is the paladin going to hold the hate? One of the big adjustments that has been adjusted over and over again in the past like year and a half is uh, revamps to enmity in general. The paladins can actually do a pretty decent job now of holding hate, as well as ninjas and rune fencers. So that's the reason that strategies like that kind of work, which I think, honestly, Square Enix probably envisioned would be how you use ranger and a paladin. I mean, it, right? You use yeah. ranged attacks and the paladin, you know, keeps the enemy's focus on them. The strategy in Final Fantasy XI kind of goes in way, you know, like it wave. Like one, one patch cycle, you would be like Ranger fighting stuff, and then they'll do something to make Ranger less appealing in fights. So then it would probably go back to being melee. So and like right now, melee are on the out. So if you want to participate in in-game content, my advice to you is level Bard, level Corsair. Or any support job. Like, if you feel comfortable playing White Mage, level that, too. Yeah. People are always looking for those three jobs. Now, I mean, like, granted, I know those three jobs don't seem appealing to most people. However, you can use those three jobs to your advantage by getting the gear you want for the job you actually want to play by just doing the event on that job. That's what I did for a lot of Abyssia content when, um, when I had a little static we worked on Empyreans with each other. There was like four or five of us. 
And a white mage was not my favorite job. It still is not my favorite job, but I leveled it because we didn't, we only had one who couldn't make all of our events. So by leveling and gearing um, my white mage, I was able to do things like make a couple Empyrean weapons. So that strategy still applies. I think that general principle will always apply in 11. Which is one of the things that's unique about Eleven to, compared to other games. You do have the freedom to change jobs without creating a new character. Yeah. Um, that brings us to our other email, which is from Fitzwilliam again. And he writes, Hey guys, it's me again, Fitzwilliam. I have some questions for you. When and why did you start playing Final Fantasy Eleven, And what are the reasons you are still playing? And what do you love about FFXI? And what do you hate about it? Um, I'll let you go first. Well, I started playing Final <laughs> Fantasy XI was, I think I saw an advertisement for it on TV, the one with the uh, Gabu eating man- Mandragora. And this was like, what, 2004? Uh, and at, yeah. at the time, I was playing a game called Fantasy Star Online. And so I saw this commercial. I was like, man, I really, I really enjoyed Final Fantasy Tactics, and this, you know, like I'm really enjoying Fantasy Star, which is an online game. I'm like, so you know, I'm gonna check this out. So what ended up happening is I actually got a PlayStation 2 with the hard drive. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. So and then you know, I, I was, like I was really into Final Fantasy Tactics. So like the first job combo I wanted to play was a uh, thief ninja <laughs> and so I started Final Fantasy 11 as a thief with the intention of going thief ninja and I pretty much played that the, that combination for about two years initially and then you know I just I stopped playing then but uh, you know the reason why I'm still playing now is uh, it, the game is still fun but I really enjoy playing with certain people, and that's what really keeps me playing is um, playing with people. I have to say. Yeah. Uh, so what, what? What do you what, hate about it? What do I hate about Final Fantasy? <sighs> <laughs> Sometimes there's too much stuff. Sometimes there's too much going on. You know, it's like you want to do everything, but you can't. So it's like you really like press for time. You know, you only got 24 hours in a day, and like if you're working on like something most some of that time is devoted to that thing like if you're working on a mythic weapon you kind of have to be dedicated every day to working on that weapon and that takes up a lot of time so that's what i kind of hate about is how much time it takes yep good point um for me i started playing final fantasy 11 a lot later than a lot of people. I still feel new, but I've been playing for three and a half years at this point. But I started after this year was already completely released, all three add-ons, which was a really weird time (laughs) to start the game. It, It seemed like it was very much in transition. And the reason that I started playing it is because I actually decided at one point that I've always been a Final Fantasy fan. I decided that I want to play all of the games in order, you know, just chronologically. I know that they're not sequels to each other, but I'd played most of them, but I was just kind of curious. I was like, no, I never really played the first one other than way, way back in the day, so I'll do that. And I played the remakes if there were remakes available. Um, And I burned through 
1 through 10 in like 3 months maybe, 4 months, something like that. And then I was about to skip over 11 because I just assumed that it was no longer around. And I was sorely mistaken. <laughs> I, uh, I did a search for it and I was like, oh, oh, they're still updating it. Oh, there's all these expansion packs for it. Alright, I guess I'll I guess I'll try an MMO, which I was like somewhat morally opposed to trying at the time for no particular reason. I, just, I guess the subscription thing kind of made me a little leery. And I had a friend, actually a friend who you you probably remember on used to play. Squeaky? No, not squeaky. Uh, on. Mithra. Um, no, I don't remember. I'm sorry. Oh. She had an account a long time ago, deactivated it, and I told her I was going to play it. She was like, oh, well, I'll resub and, and play along with you. That's how I picked this server, because she was already on the server. And that's how I started playing. Uh, and at first, I hated it. <laughs> but I was determined to at least make it through the main scenario storyline. That was my goal. I was like, all right, I'm, the installation process was a horrible experience. It still is. The lack of intuitiveness for new players was and still is pretty poor but once you get past that you learn the controls and how to, how to open the menu that was like the biggest thing for me there's there is no there are a lot it's a lot friendlier for new players but there's still no type of like introductory tutorial like here's how you use the controls in this game type thing and good luck finding the manual because it's very hard to even find they don't print it anymore but once I got past that, started interacting with some people. Filigree is actually one of the first people I met in the game. We did some of our limit break quests together, <laughs> which was, you remember, uh, Devoy. That was real fun. Oh, yeah, that was all kinds of fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we'll save that story for another time. But uh, <laughs> once, once I actually started interacting with people, and I think the... The moment where I got hooked was when I made it to Juno for the first time. So for whatever reason, myself and two other new players, which I guess we were seen as somewhat of an anomaly at the time because there weren't a whole lot of new players, we decided we were going to go to Juno because we had heard that you could buy some black magic spells there. <laughs> this is before all the auction houses were linked, by the way, so... So we decided a level 10 black mage Taru and a level 10 white mage Taru going to walk from Winders all the way to Juno because we didn't have our chocobo licenses. And that's what we did. And we somehow or another made it. And when I got to Upper Juno, I saw all of these people. I didn't know that they were all AFK, <laughs> but I saw all of these actual players and I was like, whoa, there is an actual city here. I felt like I was experiencing something straight out of the book Snow Crash by um, Neil Stevenson. And that's when I got hooked, because then I saw all these shouts for like people doing all the stuff that I had no idea what they were talking about, and then there was a lot of friendly people. I think that's one of the reasons I continue to play the game, is like the community, right? Yeah. It's like, even if all you do is sit in Lower Juno all day, there's going to be people that come up to you and interact with you, whether it's just emotes or people just cracking jokes. I mean, I, I think our server is pretty jovial in that regard. Like, even though a lot of people genuinely don't like each other, everyone kind of in a lighthearted, mostly lighthearted way kind of makes fun of each other, you know? 
All fun and games. Yeah. Uh, that's why I continue to play is like I can be I, I'll usually have the game on in the background if I'm doing something else at home. And I swear every single day, uh, this one Taru will come up to my character and start like emote panicking. And but does it with like the motion so that it doesn't show up in the chat log. <laughs> and like, I have no idea how often she does it, but I catch it at least once a day, every day. <laughs> and so it's stuff like that, you know, that keeps me logging in and playing the game and stuff like that. Um, and as far as what I hate about it, no, I mean, there's there's stuff I can complain about for sure. It's like, you know, graphics are long overdue for an update that'll probably never happen. You know, typical stuff like that. But a lot of the stuff that I really was, like, really hating on the game has been addressed. Uh, stuff like ridiculous lockout requirements for, you know, like, old content. Like, three people for assaults in 2014. You know, they got rid of all of that stuff. They made it so that you can do the old content easily. And new content is kept challenging. And I think as long as they keep that mentality, they're on the right track with continuing to make the game successful new content is challenging but lifting restrictions on old content makes it so everyone can experience it if they want to which they should have done a long time ago as well yeah but i think in general since matsui kind of took over that's been the trend you know good trend yeah so uh that about does it if you would like to email us you can do so at petfoodbeta at gamerscape.com and you can tweet at us at petfoodbeta and do you have anything that you want to plug phil uh, i just want to give a shout out to uh vmon who's probably the single most awesome person that i ever met all right well i guess that does it and we'll catch you next time on pet food beta thanks for having me on by the way yeah thanks for coming <laughs>